this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and so glad you guys are with me today. I tell you, we've been having some really cool, um, cool things happen at the ministry recently. You know, uh, here we are coming into November. October was my hundredth book celebration. We had a great dynamic time celebrating that, uh, and actually giving away some prizes to some some winners. And we've had a great month. It really has. It's been a good year. You know, it's been a sort of different year, has it not been? Because of like coming out of COVID and just everything from, you know, the media, politics, everything, you know, just sort of gets us in a damper at times. It sort of puts a damper upon our lives, does it not? But you know what? I've just learned just to overlook all that anyway, you know? Uh, people ask me, you know, do you get political? Or I said, I don't have time for that. You know, politics, politics are going to change anyway. And the bottom line is this, that I don't want my feathers ruffled. You know what I mean? I don't want my emotions to be distraught because of the system of this world. And the truth is, is politics and media, they're all the system of the world, you know, and anytime we give into them, you know, it, it's their job is to ruffle your feathers. Their job is to get you upset and who saw you on it. Just, you know, when you look at your life, you're like, you know, do I have time for that anymore, you know? And uh, so I'm excited about today because one of the things that really has been on my heart, and I told you guys the past couple of weeks ago that we want to get into a little bit more of what we call law of attraction, creation from a biblical point of view, you know, uh, those type of things. And so today I'm going to say, this to you. And I'm going to call this podcast today, You Are the Boss. You Are the Boss. Because when you understand the power and the whole dynamics of being made in the image and likeness of God, and you come to the realization that what if God, what if God has instilled in me this power to not just let sit there, but to use, to utilize on this earth. You know, when I hear people say a lot, you know, we're just here, I'm passing, I'm just passing through this world, passing through this world, getting to heaven. You know, I once about to say, you literally miss 99.9% of the purpose of the kingdom. And then I hear other people, you know, say things, you know, such as, I'm just doing my job, you know, waiting on Jesus to come back. And once again, they miss the message of the kingdom, 99.9% of the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is, yes, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But the kingdom of God is something that is instilled inside of you that actually is wanting you to use it. You know, the power to utilize something that's been given to you is something that we hold a deep responsibility level on um, and accountability. And, and it's that place where we realize that we will be held accountable for what we use or don't use in our lives. And it's not saying that God's going to, you know, be mean in the sense of judging you, like, look what you did not do. You know, there's also, the Bible says, give praise where praise is due. And do you not think God is going to give praise, which basically is another word for honor, that God is not going to honor where honors do? Absolutely He will. And that's the whole key purpose of really come to the understanding that there is a level of power in you that is time for you to utilize. Now, I'm going to give you guys a couple of scriptures today that will help you guys understand and see where I'm coming from on this situation because when we deal with thoughts become things, you know, um, and we've, we've proved that biblically throughout the years on this podcast, in my books, uh, on my courses, but then you come to the understanding 
that not only just that, but th- through you know uh, my prophetic readings, my prophetic words, you know that God gives to people, we can hear where God will sort of seep through, you know that sort of ownership level, that sort of responsibility, that sort of you know shifting that happens, and and with and with shiftings that go on day to day in our lives, we have to be able to be a part of that and realize that shiftings does do not mean that we just sort of um, you know sit back and just do nothing because it's going to happen anyway. Right, because you know, I know throughout the years, people, you know, got the coin term in the church. You know, shift happened. You know, from the other word in the world uses, and we laugh about it. We like, yeah, that's so true, and it is true. However, when we talk about riding the waves, riding the waves of, you know, the shift, riding the waves of what's going on. You know, when the changes of God, the transformational parts of God begin to come through us in our lives. You know, it, it, when we think we just ride the waves, you have to think about what that means, because a surf doesn't just sort of jump on a board and just, you know, what will be will be. What comes my way, I just write it out. When we hear the term, you know, um, just, you know, catch the wave, riding the waves out, we think and we get this image and this picture of a surfer not really doing anything at all, just just gliding through on on a surfboard when the waves come. The truth is that's not true. Many surfers will tell you, if not all of them will tell you, you know, it takes sometimes hours for them to actually find a good wave because they have to find, they have to seek out, you know, when that tide comes, you know, comes in, comes out. They have to seek the good time during the day in which, you know, the, the it's going to be the strongest. They have to begin to really, you know, test the waters. You know, the Bible even says test the spirits. You know, so you've got to test the waters. And then sometimes it takes them a couple of hours to even find one get big, huge wave. But then it's just a place where they just don't magically appear on, on the board. What happens is, you know what, they have to be able to position that board properly. Then they have to be able to stand, get up on the board and either, you know, stand on it or lay on it, whatever. But the truth is, it, they have to begin to shift themselves when their shift comes of the wave. And so it's work. It's a lot of work. And I think sometimes we look at surfers and we think, man, they're lazy. They don't, you know, they just do this, they just do that. The truth is, they calculate, they strategize to know exactly, you know, usually once again, when the waves come. And sometimes they will take little small waves and they just ride them out and they're like, eh, that was a dud. You know, that wasn't a big, you know, uh, wave. And then they'll keep on and keep on and keep on. So they keep on working at it. They position themselves and then they get where they need to be to ride it out. And sometimes riding a wave out could be a gr- one of the greatest, strongest waves they've ever written out. Or sometimes it could be just a dud and just look like it's a huge wave and just sort of, it could just die out right then and there. But you know, they keep on doing it. They keep on doing it. They keep on doing it until they get that big wave. And when you think about that, that that takes on different persona, does it not? Because then we say, then we look at this and say, wow, that's a lot of work. You know, it's like fishing. When you're when you're fishing, you you might sit there for hours and hours and hours, you know, before you get a nibble. Or, uh, you know, I grew up, like I said, uh, you know, with my family on a lake as a child, and we would get out there and fish at times, and you know. Um, and when that happens, you know, you could be sitting there for hours. Jeremy doesn't have a lot of patience. Let's just be honest. Even as a child, Jeremy doesn't have a lot of patience. I used to sit here and say, how on earth can people sit there for hours and do nothing and just wait with a pole in their hand, you know? Some of you are probably like, amen. And some of you are like, well, it's an art. We, we like meditating during that time as well. And that's true. But for me, it gets very 
boring because I'm like, I get frustrated easy when it deals with stuff like that. Because Jeremy's an action person. I gotta be doing something, you know? Even during meditation time, it's like I purposefully have set into motion to meditate, right? So you might look at the surfers and say, man, that is a lot more work than I thought it was, you know? Well, let me say this to you. That's because when you look at life and you, you have to realize that you are, when I say the boss and you're in charge, you have to begin to take, you know, life by the horns, as we say. Take the bull by the horns and run with it. Now, I'm going to give you guys a couple of scriptures to begin to go with me on this situation, okay? Now, the first one, and you've heard these scriptures before, but yet I'm going to tell you the third scripture that's going to be a little different for you because it's right there. You've read it before, but I'm going to show you how to read it in the proper aligned perspective of how God wants you to read it, right? And that is this. Number one, First one, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Recognize that God is within you. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So number one, when it deals with being the boss, you know, moving into law of attraction, which is biblical, the universal power that works instead of all, all of us and God from through God's kingdom, saying, take charge, take charge, take charge, be the boss of your life. And you might say, well, you know what? That's true. God dwells in me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. So you have in you a quickening power of resurrection. Now, if you have a quickening power of resurrection within you, isn't it, does it, would it make sense to put two and two together? That if the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you, that you have a resurrection, a life-giving spirit in you? Why? Because you were called to give life. That's why, you know, he's thought to give you life and life more abundantly. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Because he has, because he's, he's given you the same spirit that is life giving, that is resurrection. Which means you are called to resurrect things that, let's say, call those things that be not so they were. You're called to resurrect things that look like it's dead. When everybody else says that'll never happen in the economy, you say, yes, it will. When other people say, you know, this is going down, you say, no, it's going up. And you put that power because you've got that spirit in you, that power to resurrect. You've got the spirit of a life-giving spirit in you, which means you have the power to give life to things that other people look at and say, it's dead, it's not going to work anymore. You know, you have the power to create in those areas to begin to say, you you know, the world might look at this and say, it's not going to grow. This person might look and say, don't do this. But yet if God tells you to do it and you know the power is in you already, Hi, are you with me? That's the difference between most Christians and religious people. The power, Christ, true powerful spiritual people understand the power is already in them. Religious people say, I gotta seek the power to find it. Right? Pray harder, read the Bible harder, do this harder, which is all and nothing but pure works. And, and when you believe that theology, what you're really saying is, I gotta twist God's arm. I gotta get God in a good mood. You know, and think about how warped that is of a beautiful, loving, powerful God who who says that all good things flow down from the Father of Lights. And so when you have a th certain wrong theology, it will mess you up to the point where you will never find yourself um, the power and the capability to do this, to know what I'm talking about. Because you have to begin to change your lifestyle by changing your thoughts, changing your mindsets. Now, when we say changing your thoughts, here's what a lot of people believe before I move on to the next scripture. A lot of people believe the idea that, you know, if I just speak it forth. So we've got a lot of people out there who are great spiritual people who say, you know what, today I'm going to think, I'm going to think positive. Today I'm going to just say, you know, hey, I got blessings coming to me. I got this coming to me. And they sort of set their, their affirmations and decrees, you know, just throw them out there and say, there's my positive confessions are going to happen. But yet the truth is it's not about thoughts. It's about mindset. If your mindset in the back of your mind, here's the thing. And it doesn't mean you dwell on it 24-7. Here's the misconception of this. Is a lot of people feel as if, if, you know, but I don't dwell on it all day long, you know. 
I, I suppress it or maybe, you know, um, I don't think about it even though I know it's there. The, the power is not in what you constantly think about so much. The power is still your belief system that you still believe that it's that it exists inside of you. You know, you can hear people, uh, the coin terms and counseling and deliverance and everything else of, you know, root systems, you know, or, uh, you know, um, bitter roots or, you know, buried deep in your heart, you know, or the subconscious. All of that is so true. Because that's how your life is moving according to what is in deep, buried deep in the unseen. So, so we can go through the entire day saying positive, 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 positive things. And yet we still look and say, this stuff doesn't work. It's not the fact it doesn't work because if it doesn't work, that means the entire Bible doesn't work. Then we, then, because you're, that means, that means our belief in God is nothing more than a, built on a pure lie because everything he talks about deals with our power that he has given us to change the world, your world, your life, you know, your sphere of influence, your job, your family, right? And so when you think of that, you have to remember it's not about just thoughts throughout the day. It's what's truly buried in your heart that you accepted or that was told to you that you never dismissed to the point where it's not dismissing saying, I recognize that and I want it out of my mind. It's to where you look at it and say, it truly does not exist anymore in me. It's not even a thought. You know, if you think about it this way, let me, let me share this simple with you guys. I've spoken with many women on the phone and one lady in particular I spoke with a while back and and in the whole conversation, she kept on bringing up the same thing. And I didn't say anything because we had different sessions coming on. And I always encourage people, buy a package of four 30-minute sessions or four one-hour sessions because you can't do a, you know, wham-bam or, you know, in one hour. You can't, you can't expect the whole magic, you know, world to be changed in 30 minutes or one hour. So we need to be consistent and see what we can diagnose today, what we can work on tomorrow, what we can do the next day. And that's the whole key thing of life coaching and, and counseling and spiritual being uh, intuitive as far as being prophetic with, with people from the Spirit of God. And so I spoke with her and every session we had with her, I had with her, she kept on saying, you know, well, you know, like vivid, like literally vivid um, details of things that say of this person who put her down, but it was 35 years ago and knew every detail of where she was, where the other lady was standing. And I told her, I said, I said, can I share something with you? The only way you will remember details like that is the fact that you, you throughout your life have chewed on that over and over again, which means you have meditated on that. You know, the Bible says meditate upon God's word day and night because it shows that you have meditated upon that all the time because most people who truly want to forget something and truly believe it's not who they are and doesn't want anything to do with that throughout time, you'll find yourself saying, I don't even remember a lot of the details anymore because I've dismissed it so much and I know I've stripped of, a, of its power. And so you will forget details. If you can remember, and here, here's what I encourage people in, in counseling and life coaching. If you can remember details of something that happened to you. That means you've been meditating upon that too much. That means you've, you've somehow allowed it to be a tradition to you, like Christmas is every year. You've allowed it to be a tradition to you to where every once in a while what's going on is you'll bring it back up. And you'll say, oh, you know, that woman doesn't makes me feel like, you know, that Karen did when I was younger. You know, oh, this gentleman, when he said this to me, it reminds me of what, you know, uh, Bob did to me when he was, you know, 25 years ago. Well, guess what? If you're still having triggers, that means you haven't let it go and you haven't killed it. The root is still alive. Triggers are here to prove to you that you are still keeping it alive. 
Can I get an amen? If you have a trigger, if you have an emotional response in a negative way, you know, that means automatically there's that if it, if that's the case, then you will not let what happened to you go. That means you are somehow bringing it up as a tradition, maybe once a year, to just ponder on it. And when people, and you might say, well, so-and-so remind me of that. Well, did they remind you of that? Or did it just trigger something in you and you reminded that of yourself? No one can cause you to remember something unless you say, I'm willing to put my mind to what you just said and think it through. That No one can force a thought in your brain. No one can. And now with that said, let's go back to what we talked about as far as being the boss. You ready? So we know the image of God is in us. We know we are that image, right? Now let's go to the next one. First Corinthians chapter 12 or 7. It says this, acknowledge, I like this, acknowledge your God-given gifts and the call to use them. And it says this, to teach, to, excuse me, to each, to each is given, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So what is this letting you know? To acknowledge your God-given gift. Call them into being by calling them to, to your mind constantly. Make it a tradition. Make it a new tradition that you are constantly acknowledging what already exists within you. You don't constantly exist. You don't constantly acknowledge what is coming your way. You acknowledge what is already resident inside of you. That's the only way. Because why? Because that is your magnet. If I'm constantly saying, oh, you know what? Money's coming my way. Money's coming, money's coming my way. And yet, I'm triggered by poverty. I'm triggered by someone who gets a new car and it bothers me because I can't get it. It triggers me because, you know, um, uh, you know, I remember details of what my dad did or my mother did or, or, you know, how, you know, I watched this person just foolishly sell this when they should have when I was a child and it made me mad. That all that stuff right there is letting me know because you, you won't let the tradition die. You still keep it going on within you, right? And so if that's the case, then what happens is you are constantly acknowledging the wrong things. You're constantly acknowledging through your new tradition, or old tradition obviously, that it's still there in you, right? The idea is to get it to a place, first and foremost, where you look and you say, I don't even remember the details. I, don't even, I barely remember what even happened. And when people ask me, you know, anything that maybe happened, now my family, I was raised in a great dynamic family, but we weren't perfect. And there was times where a couple of things maybe went wrong because my parents were not perfect, but they were amazing. But yet when people say, oh, do you remember this? And I literally say, I just got out of, it's really hard for, honestly, it's hard for me to even remember that. Like, if you don't remind me, I'm like, oh gosh, I forgot all about that. If, it, if it's something that, that, that I find myself saying, oh, I would never forget that, well, there's your answer. You'll never forget it. And so you're keeping the magnet alive to draw the same thing to your life. You know, oh, I remember every detail of that day. Well, you know, that means you're, you're polishing your magnet to draw the same stuff in your life over and over again. But I say my positive confessions, I bind the devil. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, let me, let me tell you something about the devil real quick. You know, he has no power, period. We, we've said this before in my teaching. I want to encourage you guys to go to my website, identitynetwork.net, and get the teaching on, you know, the power of Satan. Because the key thing is, he doesn't have any power at all. Zip. And anyone who says that he does, then it's just come against the scriptures. Because, because the Bible says Jesus made open show of him publicly, and the Bible says word for word, and he stripped him of his power and authorities, plural. Authorities are, we'll say, evil spirits and demons, according to Scripture. So because of that, he has no power. So don't bring him up. All right? So when people want to talk to me about the devil, I say, I don't want to bring up something that has no, no power. So let, let's talk about you. And what God wants to talk about is you. 
You're, you're the captain of your life, okay? Not him. You're in control of your life, not the, not the devil. You're the boss of your life, not the devil. So, so, so quit giving your power away to something that has no power. All right, you're creating your your own puppet. You're making the devil a puppet by giving him power, that, and yet you think he's that he's working and coming against you when you're the one controlling him because you've turned him into a puppet because you keep on giving him power. Stop giving him power. He's seeking who can he can devour, which means he's seeking out to who's, who is dumb enough to give him his give him power that he doesn't have that was already been taken away from him from you know from Jesus. So anytime you find yourself at a place where it's like, oh, the devil did this, the devil did that to me, then he, here's what's happening: you have you on the left, um, uh, let's say you on the left, the devil in the middle, and Jesus on the right. And what happens is here comes Jesus, takes him complete of his power, leaves him bare naked in the street, and here you come hide him and say, hey Jesus, thank you for doing that for me, but I got to give back his power because he needs my power and Jesus is like well wait a minute I took his power from him and yet why are you giving him power here so imagine what you're doing you're literally moving into an anti-christ anti means against you know and so or instead of excuse me and so what you're doing is you're giving him back something that Jesus took from him imagine how disrespectful that is to the Lord hello can we get a, can we get an amen from the choir right is that not true and biblical right so what is the scripture telling us to do Bring a new tradition. Acknowledge. Bring to a power of awareness an acknowledgement of the fact that it's been given to you, the manifestation. Now notice it didn't even say gifting. It says it's been, what's been given to you is the manifestation of the Spirit. So can I manifest? Yes, because it's been given to me. Manifestation of the Spirit. Are you with me? For the common good. Now, now, now check this out. I love this. Sometimes people get too too godly for me. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. You know, well, Jeremy, aren't we supposed to be godly? Absolutely. I try my best every day to work in, to work in a place where I'm, where I'm godly and, and just like the, my Heavenly Father. However, according to scriptures on some things about, about think upon things that are praiseworthy, good report. Scriptures that don't say, think about godliness. Think about the whole, talk, talk, the, talk the Christianese language. No, the Bible just says, think about things that are of praiseworthy. Good report. Your child getting an A+, plus, that's a good report, folks. Focus on that. Oh, but that's not godly. Well, Jesus didn't say focus on godly. He said focus on things that are of good report. Why? Because all good things flow down. It doesn't even say godly things, but yet you want it to sound godly. You want it to say godly because you want to be religious. Amen. But God is saying, no, I said good things flow down. So good things are of God. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So the A plus is of God. I got to go get the Bible, brother. Well, Jesus said to think about things that are of good report, praiseworthy. So you know what? You're still getting into God and you're still getting into God's word because it's flowing down, which is the good things that he says to focus on. Can you get this, folks? Are you with me? I'm talking Bible to you, am I not? And so now the third one is going to be the theme of, of the, the icing on the cake for this podcast today as far as being the boss, and that is this. Are you ready for this one? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It talks about, it takes about, talks about take ownership of your call to be a steward of God's creation. Take ownership of your call to be a steward of God's creation. Why? What does it say? It says this, for we are co creators and or co-workers the actual original language literally says the exact same thing for we are co-creators we are co-workers in God's service uh, which and then it says this you are God's field God's building 
So if that's the case, then you've got a place where he says you are co-laboring, you are co-working, you are co-creating in God's service. All right, Not outside of God's service, which means anytime that you find yourself co-creating with the Father, you're working in God. Anytime that you find yourself saying God's going to do it, you are out of God. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about that. It says right here, it says what? For we are God's workers, excuse me, co-workers. We are God's co-creators. We are God's co-laborers in God's service. So if I'm co-creating according to Scripture, then I am in God. I'm in God's service. If I say it's all up to God, God's going to do everything, I don't have to do anything, then, uh, then I'm out of God's service because God said in order for you to be in God's service you're going to have to be a co-laborer. You have to acknowledge your co-laboring. You have to acknowledge your co-creating. You have to acknowledge your co-working because it's everything is working together. Even, even in that other scripture where it says all things work together. Notice, notice the presence of God never says, God never says, you know, you know, what he does in a couple of scriptures on different levels of different things, but God never says, I work outside of man. I do it all. You are all peons and horrible, rotten people. Uh, and, but I'll take care of you. You just pray hard. You just look at me and, and, and acknowledge how rotten you are and how amazing and wonderful I am. And I'll just do it all for you. Uh, and, and when you just look at your life and say, I don't even know why I'm here, God. Well, you know, it doesn't matter why you're here. You're, you're a piece of garbage anyway. So just wait until I come back to get you. And a lot of people actually don't, they won't use that, that strong terminology and language. But yet that's what they truly believe. Because that's really what they're saying. They might say it in a nicer way, but that's what they're really saying. When God is saying, no, 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 no. You're a co-creator in me. You're a co-worker, you're a co-laborer in God's service. And when you don't acknowledge and pick up the manifestation that you already have to manifest through and from the Holy Spirit of resurrection, uh, of, of bringing life to things in your world, if you're not doing that, you can't be in God's service. But if you're going to be out of God's service and think that I'm going to do it all for you, then there you go. There's your answer. And many of you are like, oh my God, I never saw this. Because it's embedded in so many scriptures throughout the Bible. God never has, has planned for man to sit back and do absolutely nothing, but yet God do everything. God has never planned it to say, hey, you know what? Your, your true humility is acknowledging how horrible you are and what a rotten, horrible sinner you are and that you can't do anything on your own because you just have the most lamest, stupidest mind ever, ever born. But yet, what's sad is a lot of people believe that religion's thinking, but yet they might not use that terminology and that strong language, but they do. They really believe that. But if you know that your heart, you know what, I'm the righteousness in God. Notice the words in. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. The Bible says it. It says, I'm the righteousness of God. Of God. Of God. Through Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God. It didn't say I'm righteousness under God. It says I'm the righteousness of Him. That's a huge, strong terminology that would that would be very heretical to a lot of people. But that's what the Scripture says: I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Notice the notice the word of. Notice the word in. Then you turn around and you have it again. I'm you know co-laboring, co-creating in God's service. And then the Bible Scripture says, "What in me you live, you move, you have your being, the power to be, the power to move, and the power to birth forth living or life." These are your roles, folks. And when you don't take up your roles, 
it might be you're you're out of God's service because to be in God's service means you co-create with Him, you co-labor, you take a responsibility and say, "I'm changing this day to day. I'm changing how I talk. I'm changing how I walk. I'm changing my job. I'm going to find me a wife because that because the Bible makes it plain that God trusts you so much that He says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing." I got to pray, seek God diligently, brother. Well, God never said that. He said, you find a wife, you're going to find a good thing because God trusts you with the mind of Christ that you will do a good job because you're not rotten, horrible, disgusting that you think you are. And if you think that you can't just find a good wife, but you feel as if i got to pray hard, fast for three weeks because i got to find the one, the one, the one, the one. Oh, Lord, I'm stupid. Lord, just show me, show me. If you're thinking that, you're putting down the image of God in you. But when God says to you, you find a wife and you'll find a good thing, God is saying to you, I believe in you more than you believe in yourself because I'm telling you you can co-create with me and you can, that, that, and I trust you more than you trust yourself to find a good, powerful spouse that you need, that you want, that you can work together on and you have things in common. God is putting the, putting the responsibility in your lap because he trusts you more than you trust yourself. And you're trying to put the responsibility back on God. And God's like, uh-uh, don't blame me. No, no, no. This is not about me. I'm not the one marrying him. You're the one marrying him. I've already given you the power of life and death in your tongue. I've already told you, greater is he that is in you uh, than he that is in the world. I've already told you the power of life and death is in you. I've already told you that the same spirit that raised me from the dead dwells in you. I've already told you if you seek, you're going to find. I've already told you that I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So don't put, try to put it on me. I'm not the one marrying them. You are. And I believe in you that you will find the exact right one. Do we need to pray? Sure, we need to pray, folks. But God is saying, you find them. I'm not going to find them for you. When people write into me and say, I need to know when I'm going to meet them, where I'm going to, look, where, where I'm going to meet them, uh, what are they going to look like? I'm saying, do you realize that you are literally putting yourself down when you say that to someone, a prophetic person? You're cutting yourself down. You're telling me how, how horrible you can think. Or let's put it this way, how horrible you can't think, right? Because you're putting the image of God down that God put inside of you. It's sad that God believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. I mean, that's powerful. Thank God for that, that he believes in us. But what he's saying is, take responsibility. Believe that I've given you what you need in this world. And go and find. Go and ask. Go and seek. You know? Let those who are going to stay in their prayer closet for years stay in their prayer closet because they're never going to find a good spouse. Hello? Can I get an amen? And many of you are like, but what do I do? You get online. You get online. You go to single meetings. You go out to restaurants. Make yourself known to the public. Make yourself known to the public. And I guarantee you that, that, that biblical attraction will just happen. When you're at the right time, at the right place, bam, you'll meet the person you're supposed to meet. That's how beautiful life can be. And it can be a fun journey. So remember today, you are the boss of your life. God is saying, work with me. Work with me. When I look at Identity Network, here's what I say. You know what? Am I the CEO of this company? I am. Is God higher than I am over this company? Yes, He is. But I can't dismiss through false humility saying, Oh, but Lord, I can't do anything in this, in this ministry or company at all. It's all you. And God's like, really? Are you the one that thought it through? Are you the one that moved on when I told you to move out? Are you the one that did this? And you're the one, that, yes, you're the one that did it. That's why the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit breathes over the word. It, it literally talks about you know, the inspirational part of God's Word, it says that the Holy Spirit breathes upon of that. In other words, the Holy Spirit inspired that. The Holy Spirit, folks, did not write the Bible. 
Many of you are going to be like, oh my God. And, you know, this is, you know, uh, you know, heretic. This is heresy. And I was about to say, that's what the scripture says. How can you call something heresy when I'm telling you the very thing that what it says without even adding to or taking away from it? It says that the, that the word of God is breathed over. It was inspired, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It got, the Holy Spirit inspired men to write it. That's what the scripture says. Just like the Holy Spirit inspired me as a boss of my company to do what I need to do. That's why God is inspiring you to say you're the boss of your life. I'm inspiring you to be led by the Spirit and my inspiration will birth forth creativity in you and you will attract everything you need to attract because you're in God's service by acknowledging that you are co-creating, co-working, and co-laboring with me. Can everybody get that today? Isn't, isn't, isn't the scripture just amazingly powerful of things we don't even see? <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. So let me just say this as we close. Thank you as always, guys, for tuning in to our podcast every week. This, this podcast today was a little bit longer than what I wanted it to be, but you know what? We just go as long as we need to go, right? To get a message across to me and to you. So we're all learning together, right? But thank you for being a part of this podcast today. I really encourage it. Please, in the comment section, let me know that, what it meant to you. I can call out certain people who always comment on our stuff. And because they're so magnificently powerful to do that, and, and they're just amazing. And thank you for that. But all of you others, people, comment, like it. You know, on any social media, like it, comment, because those help the algorithms to get things boosted higher to other people who maybe really need to hear this can hear it. So make sure you're doing that today. Like it, share it, comment. Get those three words in your spirit. Like it, share it, comment, right? So thank you again. By the way, the book of the month for November is co-creating. Co-creating. I really want to highly encourage you guys go to the website identitynetwork.net and just put in co-creating it should be on the home page or call the office and say hey one of my staff members will answer and you can say hey jeremy wrote a book and a study guide on co-creating i need it and they'll and they'll process your payment right then and there and ship it to you or or you can just order the digital download download it within seconds if you're like me i'm impatient i need it now <laughs> so anyway look you guys have a magnificent wonderful day today and as all as always, the theme of our life right now is this. If you don't like your day, good news, folks. Change it. Change your thoughts, and you'll change your life. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.